0: So it's an oft-repeated fact that the U.S. has a shortage of engineers, right? Everyone everyone talks about it. Um, People say if that's allowed to continue, it's going to hurt our position in the world. All these other countries have either caught up to us or are surpassing us. But on the other hand, in 2013, the U.S. lost 35,000 electrical engineering jobs alone, which is equal to 10.4% of the total electrical engineering jobs in the U.S., so the question is, do we have an engineering shortage or not? And, and what's the solution?
1: My answer would be that when you start off by saying that it's a fact, it's not a fact. Okay. I think that you'll have people, uh, and there have been studies done too, that show or that claim that there is no shortage at all. Mm-hmm. And that what companies want to do is kind of bring over uh, foreign workers basically, give mm-hmm. them the uh, H1B1 visas so that, because they're cheaper, they don't have to pay them as much, and uh, they're not likely to, to, to sue or anything like that because they're,
0: you They know. tailor the job so specifically. They, they, there's a quote I read that said, companies are looking for a five pound butterfly. The fact that they don't find any, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, mm-hmm. they don't exist. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That's one end of the <laughs> did, <laughs> did I say that wrong? Oh, sorry. Okay. Let me start, you cut that yeah, part sure. out. Just pick up from do you remember the last
1: thing you said? And then like that and then we can go to fault. Well, what was the
2: last thing I
1: said? Um, I a, about the immigration. H1B1, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, okay. because uh, H1B1 visa holders are more reluctant to let's say sue for their rights or anything. Mm-hmm. So if they're being overworked or underpaid, they're liable to just not not say anything because for fear of losing their visa status and then going back back home. So mm-hmm. that's that's one of the reasons that's uh, that's. Sure,
0: sure. there's, a, there's a, a quote that I read online about you know that these companies are looking for a five-pound butterfly. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that they don't they don't find one doesn't mean there's a shortage of butterflies. It's just that they've written their right. their language of of the you know what they require so specifically that only that one person's going to exactly. make it in. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Well, there's a lot of countries globally that are actually putting these kind of immigration policies in effect now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's countries like Germany and the UK that you know their engineering shortage is so critical and it is so severe that they are I think Germany last year lost out on $8 billion because there was 92,000 engineering jobs not filled in Germany. Wow. Germany, which is known globally, as yeah. being, has always been you know sort of the center <laughs> of engineering expertise. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it's more of a global problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but Obama, in one of his uh, national addresses, um, actually is calling for, um, through the STEM program, to encourage more engineers that he wants, his goal is to graduate 10,000 more engineers a year, which is 14% more than what we're currently producing. So maybe it's, you know, the generation right now of engineers uh, in the U.S. is okay, but obviously the population's coming up, maybe there's not as many graduates being, you know, coming out of schools now. Um, I know the retention rate in engineering schools is only 56%. -hmm. So, you know, maybe this is a problem that we're going to encounter in the next five or ten years in the U.S., but globally it is an issue now. But
0: what about the foreign students who come over to the U.S., get their engineering degree, and then they can't stay? And, you know, I mean, some of them want to go back to their home country, but some of them want to stay here. I I read a statistic the other day that, uh, and this was uh, within the last week or so, the U.S. burned through all of the high-skilled work visas for 2015 in less than a week. It's crazy. Uh, in 2013, 124,000 people applied for those 85,000 slots in the first 5-day period. I mean, again, does it does that go back to your argument, Miles, or is it or is it that we don't have enough latitude in those those high-skilled visas to you know, to allow the right people to come over? From I'm those thinking
1: countries? it might be the latitude, but also too like what what company what what skills companies are actually looking for? I mean, that that might be part of it too because if they're looking for the newest and latest skills, they're not going to find it probably in someone who's been in the field for thirty or forty years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to find right. it some twenty-five-year-old fresh out of college who learns, you know, who knows all the all the, the latest programming languages. Yeah. And, it's going and back nature. to
3: the education, but you yeah. know, that's also a specific thought perception that the youngest kids are going to have the freshest knowledge. That may or may not be right. Some of the older engineers still keep up with what's going on. They do Plus, they've got their experience mm-hmm. to know what will work, what won't work. So I'm not so sure that this idea that the younger is going to be better is a good thing to
1: And those older go engineers by. cost more too. Well, there is that. <laughs> so. Yeah,
2: but a lot of the older but engineers are heading for. Yeah, true. But a lot of the older engineers are heading out the door. They're eyeing, eyeing retirement. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of companies are establishing mentoring programs where you can kind of marry the the, the skill set that these older engineers have developed day to day in the job. With these young kids who are coming out, design-wise, the the software, they all come out knowing 3D, which there are older engineers who who still haven't learned 3D yet. So, I mean, I think there's... there's That's a a
3: more serious problem, I agree with you. It's the experienced worker who's retiring, and now how do you replace that body of knowledge?
2: Yeah, but that goes to the shortage. I mean, that will be part of the shortage, is that all these experienced engineers are going to be walking out the door with all this, you know, experience. Are there enough engineers to replace those?
3: Probably not but then that would mean that there might be an elevation in the salary rates, right. mm-hmm.
0: which right. would be nice. Yeah. Mary, Mary, how does STEM fit into all this? I mean, there, there's obviously a huge push lately to getting kids interested in STEM-type careers. Mm-hmm. I know you've done a lot of writing about that.
4: I think a lot of it has to do with perception. And what I'm finding from a lot of manufacturers that I've been talking to recently, it's not so much engineers that they're concerned about. They're also concerned about finding skilled workers mm-hmm. that can That's operate yeah. these high-tech yeah. machines mm-hmm. There, you know, there's a perception that engineering jobs and factory jobs are not glamorous, they're boring. You're either sitting at a desk or in a dirty dark environment all the time and it's not like that anymore. So I think a lot of it has to do with these STEM programs, bringing students in, getting them excited about science and engineering and math, but then also letting them see what the day-to-day job would be and also you know, you know what these factories look like today. You could be an engineer, you're out in these plants. I mean, they're amazing. They're yep. bright lit they're clean they're organized and they're using these high tech machines that they didn't have 10 or 20 years ago and it's i think that's a lot of it the
1: factory basically builds <laughs> you know non you know hot in the summer kind of dirty oily kind of place that's you know from, the, not, 1920s from you the 1920s you see in 1920s, history exactly, books
0: you know yeah. exactly. so it goes back
4: big. to the companies basically trying to educate the kids mm-hmm. and stem is crucial in that mm-hmm. i mean and the more companies that get involved in it are, are absolutely necessary you know, and, and I think women in, in STEM is, is one of the big things. I've talked to a lot of companies, and that's kind of where they're putting all their focus is, is girls in STEM in the middle school and high school grades. Um, and I don't have any stats on, you know, you know, women engineers per se, but I'm sure that it's still much lower it's, than it low. has yeah. been it's and always still, still a will
0: huge be. separation, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I can tell you from my classes that I teach, you know, it's 95% male, and there's maybe two or three women, you know. Yeah. So. It's still there, it's still a problem.
3: No, I'm not gonna say it.
0: Say we can edit it out.
3: <laughs> well, I was thinking that with some of the new tools, some of the new directions that we are going into, it kind of speaks to some of the skill sets that women inherently have. Mm-hmm. Some of the more creative things mm-hmm. that are going on and that may be a direction that we're moving into as far as mm-hmm. the educational system even on
0: the factory floor. We were just at in the uh, yeah. Cincinnati area. And you go on in, in almost any uh, small and mid-sized you know, manufacturing facility, and almost all of the the, um, the fine work is being done by women. They have so yeah. much better dexterity, mm-hmm. and Fine motor skills.
2: Fine yeah. skills, but more the
3: creativity, more the way they think, the way they approach a problem, and how mm-hmm. they solve it. Those are some things that might be coming into play mm-hmm. now as education is working more
4: with students. Well, and I think that's too with STEM. They're trying to incorporate, yeah. you know, they're trying to start calling it STEAM now, where they're mm-hmm. incorporating art. So, and that would kind of bring in a lot of, <laughs> so I think to me, the engineering, the creativity, you're not just creating this boring old design, you're creating this beautiful piece of machine that, you know, you've made, it's your baby. So mm-hmm. I think creating that artistic, that creative aspect is important in it as well.
2: Yeah.
4: And they're, they're, I've seen that word STEAM a lot more now lately.
3: Yeah. There's a, I think it's Siemens who is having some kind of a program about building beautiful machines mm-hmm. with the idea that it's it's more a creative, artistic expression as well as mm-hmm. a technical, electromechanical expression. Right.
2: Well, and engineering, engineering in general has changed. You know, it used to be to be a good engineer, you had to be a good draftsman, right? It right. was very, you know, and you know now the way the tools have evolved, there is more innovation. There's is more creativity because yeah. the tools enable it. You don't have to spend as much time. Right, with the precision of right. drawings, mm-hmm. um, you know, because the tools allow you to be more flexible. Will do a lot of that for and you. it's funny right. that
1: you use the word draftsmen.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Or draftswomen. They women. were, back yes. <laughs> oh, well, they right. were, right? A white tie, shirt, you know, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, white shirt, yeah. black the white tie wearing, or. crew cut, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Great. Well, it's uh, certainly a, a complicated issue. Uh, we haven't gotten all the answers here today, but uh, hopefully you'll weigh in below with uh, your comments and also make sure to visit all of our videos online at www.designworldonline.com. Thanks for joining us.